Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini-sode. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. Welcome to our mini-series Pixelexia and the Glitches. Something is not right in Gamerville. Players are AFK, RPG is a little too real, and Felix can't fix it. There's only one thing to do. Time to get on the star road to the special zone. Grab your boosters, ready the extra lives, and tally up the XPs. It's going to be a pixelated ride. We are on episode four out of five of our gaming mini-series, and today we're talking about Ready Player One. Gaming guru James Halliday has created a virtual space that has ended all hope for living in reality. It's like we step back into our Philip K. Dick miniseries. As with many creators, his vision has evolved past his original dreams. And so, in a modern day Willy Wonka story, he has come up with a way to carry on his legacy in a more responsible manner. Welcome to two hours of pop culture references, visual effects, and a good old I'd have gotten away with it if it weren't for you pesky kids ending. Welcome to the Oasis. (laughs) Well, that was all my notes. Willy Wonka. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else to say. (laughs) Done. Episode over. Thank you for listening. Bye. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. There's two two and a half hours. What do you think of this movie? (laughs) That's true. It is two and a half hours. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> I guess I guess we have some vibes of how Frida felt about this movie. Uh, do you know what I thought it was? What? I, I thought it was Disney just gambling. Oh, yeah. Disney in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's it's fun and the animation is gorgeous, especially mm. like the faces. And um, but. You know what? When the movie finished, my first thought was like, that was a huge waste of money. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, that would have cost a lot. And I'm not sure, you know, like, why? Um, why why'd they do that? Why, why did they make the movie or why did they make the Oasis in the movie? Why did he make the movie? Like, <gasps> such, so... Two and a half hours. I, I just was like, why you do it? Do it. Because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love... Okay, right. This is this is my thing. I was like, I loved the whole mixture of the futuristic uh, virtual reality. But I loved more so that it was all based on this pop culture. And... I kind of was looking at it and I was like, well, if the Oasis went up in 2025, then Halliday had to have been born around like late 60s, early 70s, because when he's a kid in it, he's playing like an Atari 2600, which was released in 1977. So I think that's where like all of the references come from. That's Mm -hmm. why, because I was a little bit confused about his age at at first, but I just want to, all right, I'm going to do some of the references here. First of all, the entire fucking soundtrack. Like, how could you not love and vibe with this soundtrack? Yeah, the Van Halen was very, very fun. But the fact that, like, they say that Halliday's favorite song is Video Kill the Radio Star, that's legitimately one of my favorite songs of all time. I Mm -hmm. adore it. There's, like, T-Rex, King Kong, you've got the Batmobile, Iron Giant, all of the toys in H's workshop. Um, Bill and Ted, Space Invaders, Padawan, The Dark Crystal, Thriller, Will Wheaton, Duran Duran, Saturday Night Fever, The Shining. Like, 
there's so much reference in there that for people like us and of our age, it should just be like a case of like, oh my God, remember all of this stuff. It's so cool. I Okay, anyone can make references. We can all make references all day. I mean, it's just like you pack, it's just because you pack as many references as possible into a movie. I'm, I'm just saying like, isn't that, isn't referencing lazy just as, as a general trope? It's like, okay, ooh, that's an, another thing. What's the point? Like, if it's not relevant to the the plot. Some of it is. Some of it is very relevant. Yeah, but some but of I, it, it's like... Well, I took about? it that that's what it was all about, that he created this <laughs> oasis, that the oasis that he created was based on everything that Nostalgia. he loved. And yeah. it was all the things that, because of the t- character that he was, it was all the things that comforted him and that made him feel safe. And it's mm. all these references and that's why everything in there is so... And then because people like Revere Halliday, then they all kind of <coughs> educate themselves on all these references that he is so in love with um, because they want to kind of emulate him a bit more, I guess. I liked and, it. And find his keys. The Greeks and say nostalgia is the pain from an old wound. It's... Right. That's a madman reference. That's a madman okay. reference. Talking about references, that's <laughs> that's from a famous pitch. Don Draper's famous carousel pitch. Okay. So All right. Let's talk about the cast. Is there anyone in the cast that you would like to mention? I have two cast notes. Okay. First is Ben Mendelssohn, who's from my land. By the way, Australians we own like <laughs> If someone's Australian and they belong to us, that's how yeah, we feel. that's how it works. <laughs> but isn't it great how Ben Mendelsohn always plays bad people, but he has such a good person face? Yeah. And that's his voice, good. he's got that little speech impediment as well. He's just, he's very specific and he's just always yeah. plays evil people. And sometimes it's great how he, he plays evil people that you think might be nice or evil people that can masquerade as being nice really well. That's why he's so terrifying. Mm. I like that scene where he's trying to trick um, Parsifal. And he's like, yeah, I crack open some tab. I play some Robotron. I listen to Duran Duran yeah. <laughs> and all that. Yeah. And Parsifal like calls him out on it. And I like yeah. that he doesn't kind of, it's not like he's like, fuck. He just turns around and he goes, I'm glad you know. I'm glad you, because I'm going to tear you apart kind of thing. He's just like, great, I don't have to play this character. I don't have to give you this fucking trash, like, act as if I'm your friend right now. I'm just going to fuck you up. I liked it. Yeah, he's such a good villain. If you, There's a good movie called Animal Kingdom, an Australian film where he's in it and he plays a really bad guy. And he's just, he the way he is able to use his his nice face and his, his pretty eyes to, like, mm. trick people <laughs> and us is, like, is just so good. So he's a gem. The other cast note I have was Ralph Innocent real quick. So Wait, and what? I just Ralph Innocent. He, so Innocent, whatever. Innocent, Innocent. So <laughs> he plays like the sister's boyfriend. I don't know who this person He's is. He's an amazing actor and he has the craziest voice. It almost sounds like so deep it isn't human. And so he he's just so good. And I just don't understand why he's in this movie. For five seconds. Like, oh, yeah. Now seriously. I recognize him. That's so weird. I didn't like it didn't clock at all when <laughs> I was the... watching it. That that's what who he was. Hell? Oh, that's amazing. 
Lol. Have you seen the movie The Witch? No. <laughs> Who plays the dad in The Witch? It's like he's so good and he's so like he's amazing and it's just wacky that he's here. Whatever. Okay, I uh, <laughs> just want to bring up um, Simon Pegg because Leeds, I have to always bring oh, up yes. Simon Pegg and everything that ever happens that will come across Simon Pegg being in because I adore Simon Pegg. So that's pretty much all. I just like that he's in it. And he's perfect to be in it as well because he is just... went from He went from being someone who's like one of... When I say one of us, I don't mean one of you, Frida. <laughs> one of us. Like just total little sci-fi nerd and then suddenly like he's in all the sci-fi stuff mm. and then so it's just perfect that he's in something like this which is such like pop culture referencing for me mm. um and then like come on mark rylance as halliday it's just amazing sir yeah, david very mark cute. rylance waters he was very cute halliday's I, thought his, I thought his whole character, character his whole storyline i thought it was very sweet Yeah, I agree. I thought he was just... It was also... He was funny. Um, mm. He said he has some funny... He, he goes, half a million, uh, uh, yeah. half a trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put that he down his nice. Star Trek funeral and just like... He played it so well as well where it's just kind of like he's so uh, unaware. You know, he's so just like unaware of the impact of those types of things because they're just so not important to him. That he could just make that little mistake and it's hilarious. It's great. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Innocence, um, really. But also an arrested development, if we're being really honest. It's it's like less... When someone... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of arrested development. Not having matured or gone through maturity. You know, this sort of nerdiness yeah. that resulted in him. His development kind of arresting, maybe. Hmm. Um, were there any scenes in particular... For you, that you enjoyed. Yes, uh, that dancing scene. I, I just was like, well, that took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, is it because of the suit? Oh, yeah. We've got adult content. Yeah, you got. I mean, she's like, can you feel this? I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they're older kids. What can we say? It's funny because I watched this without Raph, but Raph has watched it before. So that right. was, I was like, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> but I, I thought it was, it was, it was, it was an amazing scene. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, very good. I really enjoyed the whole dancing bit and the, the floaty, the, the floaty vibe. Yeah, it was like a dream. That was like my dreams that, you know, mm. when you dream of flying, you're like sort of doing swimming in the air yeah that's like my dreams it was so amazing what what Um, about you i loved the under the road scene from the first race when he goes backwards because i just really liked like all the visuals and i found it really nostalgic for some reason just like not because i've played something like that but just more when you're playing a game and you find a secret road or like a little shortcut path and you're just like oh this is so cool and then just to see him like with the transparent ceiling as he's going under and all the bits that you've already seen in the previous version of the race, like the the Kong going up, the T-Rex going up on their little platforms and he's just zipping through in his little neon vibe. Yeah, I, well, really I, I was going to, the neon, the neon is quite beautiful. And that's the ad- advertisements or the, the photos from the movie pu- publicity. 
It's oh, okay. this the neon racetrack. That's sort of mm. what I remember. It's quite striking. Yeah, I've got one other scene as well that I really. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why exactly I like this. It's the charging army at the end, and I think it's because it's not that like you know. Gandalf and Riders of Rohan moment where they come over the top and then they pause <laughs> no, and they're like, it. look, w- they need our help. And then they're like, the charge is called and everyone goes. It's like, you're just waiting and you're like, what's happening? And then they just, they come in hot. They just, they're a bunch of really, really, really fucking angry people ready to fuck some shit up. And they just come. I just, that whole scene is great. Yeah, no, you love a good charge. Who doesn't? Okay, well, let's get into some questions then. Um, I'm going to go first this time and I will just say, because I want because I've done a little bit with each one so far on the kind of like what the background style is. So yeah. here we're in virtual reality and um, there's a couple of variations on virtual reality. So in terms of this movie, it's basically centered around this like HMD, head mounted display style. So just want to do, let's just do a little, a little walk through history. Now, back in the 1930s, Stanley G. Weinbaum wrote a story called Pygmalion's Spectacles, where he proposed a pair of goggles that would allow the wearer to experience a holographic world. And then in cut to like 30 years later, 1961, Headsight was developed and it was used in military training and the headset allowed the wearer to be remotely immersed in dangerous situations through a video screen for each eye and a motion tracking system that was all connected to a CCTV camera. And this was the first step in modern day HMDs. Uh, 1968 then, seven years later, we have Ivan Sutherland and Bob Sproul creating the first headset to be connected to a computer rather than a camera. And it was a big piece of kit suspended from the ceiling and apparently like very, very uncomfortable to wear. And they nicknamed it, obsessed with the nickname, Sword of Damoc... Ah, I don't know how to say the word. Yeah, sorry. They nicknamed it Sword of Damocles. Oh, Okay. Just I just enjoy that. Um, and then in 1985, we have what is generally thought of as the modern day birth of virtual reality as we know it, with the founding of a VPL research, which is Virtual Programming Lab by Jaron Lanier and Thomas Zimmerman. And this was the first company to sell HMDs and gloves. So just just a little bit then just to say like what what actually a HMD is or like how it works just simply is that it most will use an LCD or an OLED display and it presents each eye with an almost identical but slightly offset vision of the same image which provides like the illusion of um, stereos- stereoscopy. I cannot say that word. Stereo- stereoscopy. We'll say it's that. <laughs> Can you say it? Yeah, that, that word. Um, okay, it's surround sound for your eyes, okay? Just, it's fine. <laughs> um, and then they also use head motion tracking sensors. So things like gyroscopes and accelerometers and magnetometers. Um, to These are all to track your movements so that the display can be adapted to provide an immersive environment. And then you add your stereo sound and you're in a virtual reality setting. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had basically no experience with virtual reality, apart Me from neither. just yeah, like at a, an event. It was like 
you know that you could try it but oh cool yeah I've, i have very i have no experience with it and yeah i just in gaming in general i just have no i have i, yeah. I haven't done a lot <laughs> so. but there's a lot there's so many different things out there like it's well that's I what this movie showed me as well so the movie showed me about yeah. how dense and rich the world of gaming is yeah it's so dense okay well shall we move on from that then and move into question two yep okay favorite character i put h but really lena waif whatever she is like mm. that's <laughs> i loved her i i recognized her voice pretty quickly ah but i just love her and i love yeah. the love the character a lot i love i love the fact that they had this like workshop in the virtual reality just thought it was cool and i wonder yeah. if it's if it's like were the skills that h had like because of the translatable skills in the real world or is it like the skills that the character was given as part of their powers or oh i wonder i don't I don't know, but I just love the character. It was mm. she was neat. I watched a thing that said that because there's a book as well, apparently, and um, I watched uh, a video of someone who had read the book and, and was commenting on the movie, and they said that um, what one thing that they loved, and I really agreed with it, was that how quickly they moved on from the fact that H wasn't what Wade thought H was. That, like, instead what he met was a lesbian black woman instead of, like, you know, this young boy who was going to be his friend, like, who's his best friend. And it just continued on into, like, we're still just best friends because we don't need to talk about it because none of these things of you being a woman or being a lesbian or anything like that has any issue to the story. It's all based on the fact that, like, look, you know, you kind of, you lied to me a little bit or you misportrayed yourself a little bit, but I don't really care about it because you're still my best friend. I just thought that was nice. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand whether she intentionally misrepresented or what she said about herself, but yeah, she was like just this butch lady Mm. and yeah, friends are friends. Doesn't matter. I know it was nice. Um, so I, I'm saying that about her being a a lesbian because as far as I'm aware, that's what it is in the book, but it's not necessarily Mm. what they portrayed in the movie. Anywho, I have two comments I would like to make. Uh, first okay. is, it's not a favourite character, but I do just want to make a character comment because I really liked that the the standard tropey um, bad guy, cleanup guy was a woman. Because normally it's always like some angry, grisly guy who's like being bested by the kids and he always misses when he tries to kill them. But um, I just really liked that <laughs> it was Viola. a woman. <laughs> Yeah, finale. I just yeah. I just really enjoyed it. Finale. I was like, yeah, cool. It's a chick. Crazy name. Chicks cannot like kids too. It's fine. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then yeah, I have my favorite character is one hundred percent Iraq. Because <laughs> it was just it was oh, T J Miller funny, <laughs> but it yeah, was T J so Miller funny. just being T J Miller. <laughs> but it was like amazing that they were just had him just be him, but then put created this like visual of this like really big scary dude and he's like oh i've got this yeah. neck thing you're just like this is great because they are just people yeah because yeah. they're people underneath it's avatars yeah he was funny it was great i really enjoyed it and my plan which was awesome just, <laughs> it's just like it was very good 
Um, or what? Oh wait, what was the line that he has where he's like, and he says, and voila, which means I then learned or something like that. Uh, okay. Question number three: Would you play this game? Does it remind you of anything? It should remind you of many things. <laughs> I would not play this game. I just don't want to get into the worlds. This is I build worlds. The whole idea of like getting getting into a world, I just really don't like the idea, and I don't. It's very hard for me to respect it. I don't think it's good for us. I yeah. think it's. I understand in this context they're escaping, so you know it it does show that angle. But I don't. I. It's very hard for me to respect this as a way to use your time. Right. I don't think it's healthy. I kind of, I, I got it for in certain aspects of it where there was like this idea that there was people that couldn't do certain things. Um, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, walking. Like avatars, like the guy couldn't walk and everything. Yeah. So the idea of having an avatar that can. I get it. Escapism on its yeah, for, own is a not certain, a bad yeah. thing. But... This whole society. It's like saying plastic surgery is kind of inherently evil, but then again, so many people use it to reconstruct after surgeries, you know, things. So it's like everything that's evil can also have a good use. Right. So I feel like it's one of those things. It's like, I think it's inherently evil to sort of be escaping to worlds. And like, it's like, there's no limit on how much time you can spend there because it never ends and it's constantly being added to and... yeah. It's not reality. There's a good line in there when someone... Oh, yeah. Halliday's like, you can't get a hot meal. Like, the only place you can get a hot meal. Like, reality is always better or something like Mm. that. I just think, like, the whole idea of virtual reality just kind of freaks me out anyway a little bit. Like, I feel like I think that... Like, I have never used a virtual reality headset. Um, And I think that if I did, I would probably flip out a little bit. Like when my brother first got a PlayStation and I tried to play Tomb Raider for the first time, I flipped out because the gorillas could kill you, but they could get you from behind because they could come at you from any direction. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it I don't like it. I don't like weird. it. <laughs> I want my platform It is very back. weird. Yeah. When you're wearing it, I've done it a couple of times. It is very, very strange, but I guess you get used to it. Yeah. It's weird. It is a weird feeling. Yeah, I just know I just don't want to... I just definitely don't want to play a virtual reality game where there's any form of combat because I will probably, like, just have a heart attack or faint or something. Um, Okay, question number four. (laughs) Most fun or funniest moments? Did you even have any? (sighs) I have about six. I I do have a a few. One of them is the big reveal. She has a mild colouring around her eye. Oh, yeah. That was ridiculous. Like she's, she's like, this isn't in the real world. This is not my body. This is not my face. And then you see her and she's like beautiful with like gorgeous auburn hair with the mild discoloring around one eye. It's like, we're really supposed to believe that he's like, no, I think you're beautiful. Like, and that's somehow him like being a hero and accepting her like it's at least give I, us something to work with like some deformity or I just don't believe that her being the character that she's portrayed as would give a shit would be sitting there waiting for some fucking guy to come along and validate her 
Like it's bullshit. Not the, she's portrayed as this strong, independent woman who's got this cause, and then suddenly it's like, oh, are you disappointed? Like what the fuck? Sorry. Yeah, like in the real world, David, it's not. Yeah, it's not even just like she's escaping to her avatar. Like no, they've got this whole thing IRL. Mm. And she yeah, she seems like she's pretty badass, and that she's like, don't look at me, it's hideous. <laughs> <laughs> but also she's beautiful. That's an okay. annoying thing with movies where, like, we have to believe that some person is not pretty and then they're going to yeah. make her feel like, oh, my God. Uh, another funny thing, just lean away th- with the whole shining thing. He's like, ah, oh, she's like, I haven't seen it. It's scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> but then the shining thing, it's like, here's a film that's over two hours long and they have a whole detour through the shining, which is really, it was nothing to do with the challenge at the end of the day. It was like a red herring. Hmm. I was like, Really? We go on this whole detour, like this movie's two and a half hours long. It was very fun, but it was like, what are we what are you doing? Why are we here? I think But that, it was fun. Yeah, I think maybe that's it. Maybe maybe what's a little bit lost is like just the understanding of um of certain gameplay and kind of the whole Easter egg culture side of gameplay and stuff like that. Well, that you have to go through a whole thing just to find like the way they explain yeah. an adventure at the end, like you do have to fill your way around this thing in order to find this other yeah. thing maybe that's what they were doing um anyway do you have any more nope okay um it's fucking chucky oh my god throwing chucky at them <laughs> just upset. Like wow chucky always turns up in random places and i'm just i'm here for it every time he does so long as i it's like not chucky being I like Chucky being like working for the good people as well because he's so creepy. But because he was for them, I was like, yeah, <laughs> get him. Um, I loved uh, when Iraq got his arm chopped off and all the coins start dropping out of his head. And he's trying to walk around. He's trying to pick up the coins and shove them back into his arm. It just made me giggle. <laughs> I do love the coins, by the way. I thought visually mm. that was awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool when he does like the car and the race and he slide and he's like trailing for coins. Um, Okay, and then I just have two, which is just what I I just really enjoyed these two aspects of the whole VR in reality, like in the real world. When like when they're in the back of the van and they're showing the cutscenes between them in the gaming world where they're like all like fighting and rage. And then it's them in a van all just standing there kind of talking quietly to each other around there was just something about the contrast and then it was the same yeah. with all the people on the street then when the battle was going on and all the people on the street yeah. wearing their headsets in the battle on the street was just i thought it was hilarious it's pretty goofy <laughs> it just it just because it just looks so ridiculous but then i was like it looks really d- ridiculous but then at the same time it's like Come on, man. When you look at the street outside right now, all you see is a bunch of people with their heads down in their phones. So I oh, fully believe I that we would end up in this world. Of course. I hate it. Yeah. Just on that thing, I, I did I did like when they were fighting and she realized that she was in danger in the real world. She's kind of glancing to the, to the right. Mm-hmm. And he says, are you in trouble? And she's like, yeah. I thought that that was kind of moving. Yeah. Like it, it, it sort of it made me a little bit, my chest kind of tight for her. I Aww. don't know. Yeah. I do. I like, because I think they said they did that setup very well in that kind of, um, on the, the, that floor with all the six, what were they called? The sixers. 
The sixes, yeah, it was yeah. it was pretty fantastic. I like an army. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, there's actually a lot, like just just to throw it out there right now. I do think that you could twist this movie slightly into a way more serious zone, and we would literally be in a Philip K. Dick story. Like I do believe that that they could just bring in that sinister side of everything and take out that kind of like, you know, the the kids '90s movie vibe. Well, of it. I would I was I would say that the Black Mirror episode San Junipero is that okay. it's a beautiful episode and it has a, ma- a very strong point like an like a very strong emotional point. Okay. But it is this. It is in the future where people uh, who are old uh, you know sort of upload like they go mm. do this and eventually retire there for good. Okay. Uh, right, so question number five. Best nod to real world gaming or a bit of science or a fact or just something that you want to bring up? So I was going to bring up the driving backwards scene because I just was like, it's this is all code. Like, it's all code. Right. Why would there need to be like a mechanical back end for how it's all appearing? It's like... Do you know what I mean? Because all, I, they all have the same back end. Why, why would there be like a mechanical thing for King Kong to come up? It just feels like it. it because it's like it's the animation of the, the animation. Because it's, yeah. it's not external to the game. It's still a level in the game. Right. It's just it's, part of it. Yeah, the it's part of it. Because that's what like, he's oh, written I'm that underneath, you're, path you're in the underneath. This is how yeah. you get the key. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so cool. It's, it's, um, it's cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed that scene a lot, actually. Yeah, it, it was it was very yeah. cool. But yeah, that was that was all I had. Did you have any bit of science? Um, I've got I've got a couple of things, uh, not necessarily science, but I was kind of more looking at the gaming stuff. So the first thing that I want to say that I think is like the most realistic, the best nod to real world gaming is the one line that H has that he says to um, Wade about Samantha. Or Artemis. She could be a dude too, living in his mama's basement in suburban Detroit. And her name is Chuck. <laughs> I just thought that was really cute. <laughs> Why? Because that's, that's a real thing. Well, that was the thing. It's just like, you don't know. You're in this world. You've no fucking idea who's on the other end. They can like they can say what they want to you. So it was just... Yeah, and of great. course, a guy like that, a guy like that would want to be like a hot little girl because that seems like the best thing to be in the world if you yeah. had a choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a little sort of hot, sexy little girl. Chuck. Yeah, not little age. I mean, just yeah, like no, you I know. know what you mean. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of stuff, just just in general, like just the whole walkthroughs and Twitch stream stuff. Level ninety nine magical artifacts, slappers only. That that was something that I just lolled at because it's a it's a real command from Goldeneye game where the players can only fight unarmed, and it made me. Do you know what it made me think of? Um, Sometimes we do it like at the beginning of training at Ariel and I think we used to do it in boxing as well where it's like you have to do knee taps. You know, you partner up with someone you have to tap each other's knees. It's just really funny. Okay. It's really hard to do because it's really hard to get the other person's knee and protect your own knees at the same time and it's just really funny. So just me, slappers only just made me think (laughs) of that. Um, And then, uh, so two things. The omnidirectional treadmill is a real thing and it'll cost you about three grand, but it's real. You can buy it. That was cool. Yeah, I love love that just also when you could make purchases in the real world. Yeah. That's uh, because I wonder, uh, do you know what? I'm not going to get into it now because we're we're running long already. Um, So emotion suppressing software. 
uh, I was just kind of like, I wonder if this could be a real thing. And then I just, I just had a little think about it. I did look into it to see if there was a thing. And then I was like, well, if AI could detect your heart rate, and if it could detect changes in your voice that would indicate certain emotional responses, then I guess in theory, it could use some form of voice regulation software to correct it, suppressing the emotional responses, and then like maybe project your response in a way that seems more measured. And I was just like, I believe it. I believe that could be a thing. I thought yeah, that was, was kind of cool. It was a good little bit. They were my they were my little tidbits. Cool. Yeah, I I know very little about gaming. Obviously, listening to you, I'm like, I didn't. I I just know nothing. I've really not played much. I well, I don't know. Oh, that's the thing. It's like in in the level of gaming world, I do not know anything in reality. But uh, what I will say is if you are into gaming a lot, then um, watch Dead Pixels on Channel 4 and watch Mythic Quest on Apple TV because they're fucking great. (laughs) Um, And also stop gaming so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you have any final comments? Is that your final comment? The first thing we just haven't mentioned, the loyalty centers. And I mean, just how it reminds me of Amazon fulfillment centers, Mm. just how there's just like this very ordinary phrase, which is kind of when you look into what it is it's sort of end stage capitalism nightmares but the other final comment i had wait 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 before you move on from that because i was a bit confused about the loyalty centers and that's one of the reasons why i didn't bring them up because i was like do you know what my brain just went i'm going to try and understand these no i don't want to um Mm. but i couldn't quite figure out what they were paying off uh, so debt. So she, her father had a lot of debts. Yeah, but and like so, how? So debt from the gaming industry, I guess. But like, how are they paying it off? Are they like just mining for coins for the company? Does it come in? What are they some actually doing? Advertising. I don't. I don't know. So the company, obviously, there's some law that's passed in this future where, like, they can pay off your debt and immediately you belong to them or something yeah. like that. Obviously some law has passed that enables them to do that. Oh, they maybe be, they're just, they might be looking be, for Easter eggs. Yeah. They might be trying to win the game, I guess. And trying to, um, doing the mundane task that the Sixers don't want to do or something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, it was very dystopian and very, very, very upsetting. <laughs> Did not like it. <laughs> very dystopian, very Amazon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking Bezos again. Oh, fuck Bezos. The, the my other comment was this quote: "The Fly remake, great flick, <laughs> terrible date movie." And all I can say is, "Hell yeah, the Fly." <laughs> She's never gonna shut up about it. <laughs> do you know what I'm gonna That's do? All. I'm gonna ruin your world someday, and I'm gonna pick the original Fly movie for us to do. <laughs> get that scene where he walks out with the actual fly head (laughs) okay did you have any final comments my final comment is that one line from samantha that i just thought resonates with the world that we live in particularly our social media obsessed life and it just it was just something that i just thought was like and it's kind of similar to what you're saying about people like stop gaming so much stop being in your heads or in this space that's not real because as she says you only know what i want you to know you only see what I want you to see. And that's the truth. What we all project. It sure is. Absolutely. Uh, That was Ready Player One. 
Yeah. <laughs> one more left. <laughs> Frida was super cheered about that one. Uh, we are back in two weeks time with our final installment, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>